Welcome to episode 127 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we played The Walking Dead 400 Days. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him, his name is Momertati. It's more zombies, let's get it. And here to talk about zombies with us, uh, first time on the show, he is the host of the Players Club podcast and a VGU.TV contributor, it is Ebbett Watkins Jr. Emmett, welcome to the show. Howdy, thanks for having me, man. I'm ready to go cry about a bunch of different strangers who have hard lives in an apocalypse. (laughs) Let's talk about zombies. But before we talk about zombies, I would love for you to tell us about yourself and what you do on the internet. Okay, well, hey, as you already said, uh, I do a lot of writing, do a lot of podcasts, do a lot of videos over at VGU.TV. That's the main site that I be on. Do the Players Club podcast over there. Uh, Also do a couple things on the side as well. Uh, EJSpun61 is the Twitter and is the name I have for everything. You search EJSpun61 on a website, I'm probably on there. Uh, Except the underscore after it if you're on Twitch because I made a Justin TV account and don't remember it. So, uh, but yeah, that's where I am on just about everything i uh, do a lot of streaming just i have a fondness for mediocre games of old generations and uh that's like part of my brand but you know i love shooters i love narrative games like the walking dead that we're going to talk about and yeah just a big fan of that also a lot of hip-hop stuff <laughs> you are the meme lord of titanfall 2 so we yes. welcome you to the show um, we are so happy to have you. Today we are talking about uh, The Walking Dead Season 1, uh, 400 Days. It's a game developed uh, and published by Telltale Games, originally released on July 2nd, 2013. This thing's available on everything. Mac, Microsoft Windows, PS3, Xbox 360, Vita, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and Ouya. Oh, yeah. You remember that thing? Gee willikers. Um, <laughs> we have done a Walking Dead series previously. It featured Cam Hawkins. Uh, we went through the entire first season and chatted with Mo, Cam, and, and myself. Uh, so the Cam. thing we don't know from you, Emmett, is what is your personal history with The Walking Dead? Very, very deep. Um, I have played every season of The Walking Dead. I've literally consumed every Walking Dead game except for Michonne. Um, And it's one of those games where as a kid, it it came out right around when the show came out. And I was lucky enough to get my whole family on the show. And they're never into the same stuff I'm into. And that became a family affair. The game, not so much, but it did become a family affair with my little brother and I. And we played every single episode of that game all the way up to the last episode of season four. And... I just have such a connection to that series because it is something that I think of the themes of family in the game, but then also just what it meant for me and my little brother's relationship all those years. And I actually have a signed poster up there from the signature edition. So, uh, yeah, I am like I'm a big Walking Dead person. Once again, if my hair wasn't so big, I'd put on the Clementine cap that I have somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so big fan. Uh, so I guess what I would do is I would give you the honors. Uh, we have a thing on this show we call the fast pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is a one sentence pitch of what a game is all about. Um, can you give us a one sentence pitch of what The Walking Dead season one 400 days is? Because it's a little bit different from the rest of the series. 
true. I'd say it's a bite-sized snapshot of everything that makes the Walking Dead Telltale series special. It's, you know, all of the decisions, all the character development, all the choices, that type of stuff, what makes it special. Uh, that is, it is so perfect. Uh, I don't know how Mo or I will top that. Mo, do you want to try? <laughs> yeah, I think I have one. It's the perfect demo for The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's kind of what Emmett said, pretty much. Like, so you get a little bit of everything from it. Yeah, I'm going to probably say the same thing and say it's a, it's a zombie anthology that will likely make you mad, sad, and glad when you get through it. I rhymed that three times. Hey, bars. Uh, we said it with one sentence, but in more detail, it's basically an anthology. It's a series of five stories between seasons one and season two that you can play kind of by themselves. And each story is maybe like 10 or 15 minutes. Is there anything that is really important to parse out there too? Uh, maybe just the setting. It seems like it's the same setting as the season one uh, full game, but this is just like events scattered around maybe where the original crew was or was moving. It's like individual pockets of other people that had to deal with the, I guess the the zombie situation for like the first few hundred days. And I think that's why that number came up. I didn't really pay attention too much to the storyline, <laughs> but I'm guessing that's where the number comes from because yeah. everyone had a specific time in which their situation happened. It would start like day 130, and then it would say like Wyatt, and the story would begin on Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's definitely uh, that type of game. Oh, I was just gonna um, say it's uh, it's the the thing I'd say about it is not only does it connect to the first season, it does kind of introduce some characters you'll find in the next season as well. Um, which I interested to talk about that because the first time I played it, it was uh, my characters were a lot different than what I had in 400 days. So um, it, it really depends on your choices there, who you'll see in the next season. Yeah. And it's actually a really fun dynamic we have here. Um, I have played, um, the first three seasons of The Walking Dead. I have not played the fourth, the final season yet, which mm. is such a crime. I, I understand. Oh boy. Um, Emmett, you've played them all. Uh, mm-hmm. Mo is actually playing them. He's only played the first season at this point. And if we play the next season on the show, that's when he will jump in. So I, ah. I think there's like a very fun dynamic here. Okay. But I'm still stuck because the last, the end of last, the last series with The Walking Dead season one, I kind of said one thing, which was. I'm kind of over the Telltale games because like mm. we 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 only did play the the Walking Dead, but previously we played Batman, which was eh, a little buggy, but it was pretty got got my Batman fix from it. And then before that was the the missing the name, uh, Wolf Among Us, Wolf Among Us, which I love uh. the storyline. I like the gameplay too; it was like fun, and it was also the first one, so I had that like shock value of like what is Telltale. But like to be honest, Jacob, not to do too much of a spoiler for the end of this episode. I don't know if I'm playing season two. Oh, dang. Oh, wow. But I'll, I'll keep it there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, a good question for you, Emmett, too. Like, have you played all the Telltale games as well? Um, I've, I'm very picky and choosy about what Telltale games I have played. Um, weird enough, I played the Back to the Future game years before this one came out. Um, okay. Probably it was free on PlayStation Plus, and I'm a kid who can't afford games. What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I played that one. I haven't played Wolf Among Us, actually. My f- my favorite Telltale game that's up there with The Walking Dead Season 1 is uh, Tales from the Borderlands. That game oh. 
is incredible. My favorite Borderlands game, hands down. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've played a couple of them, but not all of them. Like I said, Wolf, uh, Wolf, I was about to say Wolf of Wall Street. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> Wolf Among good Us. Good movie. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Uh, good game. Uh, debatable. Um, but yeah, I haven't played that one. I haven't played any of the Batman ones. I haven't played, uh, what, the Game of Thrones one. There's a bunch of blind spots there. I mainly stick with The Walking Dead. And honestly, there's other non-Telltale games that give me that similar fix, like Life is Strange. So, you know, not staying too far away. Yeah. Well, maybe Mo, we can convince you to play Life is Strange on the show because it's it's a it's a great one. Oh, it's excellent. Um, but I'm with you. There's I'm kind of getting to like a telltale point. Uh, you know, having played Wolf Among Us, having played Batman, having played uh, and, and played Wolf Among Us twice, uh, Walking Dead season one twice. Like maybe I just need to play the new stuff because Guardians looks great. Tales of the Borderlands looks great. I love Poker Night at the Inventory 1 and 2. Um, maybe maybe uh, the second Wolf Among Us will be great, too. We'll see. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is uh, it's the Walking Dead a continuation of the story with Telltale. I'm kind of like not that interested, but if there's a pitch for another game, I might be... like That might be the opportunity there to make me want to play those. Interestingly enough, and we probably mentioned this on the main show, um, so apologies if you've already listened to that, but there was a Stranger Things game that was in development that they were finally going to jump to Unreal uh, and not use that Telltale tool that's been really difficult to develop on, um, but they ended up canceling it. So we'll get Wolf Among Us 2 and then see what happens from there. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, how did you play this one? Uh, I played this one on a Xbox Series X uh, same way I played the the first season. Mo, how did you play this one? I changed it up. So on the, for the original series, I played on the Switch, um, but I really missed my PC, so I bought the uh, expansion on PC, and I already had The Walking Dead, so uh, I didn't continue my story because I didn't play it on PC originally, so I kind of had them generate the story and continued on with the, the, the DLC. Oh, so interesting. For 400 days, if you didn't do the five episodes, you still had to generate like the decisions to get there? It gave me a prompt that said, do you want to, like, generate, like, the storyline or something? And mm. I just said, yeah. Like, I just wanted to kind of have... Because at the same time, I wasn't... I don't know. I wasn't too obsessed with, like, the finale of, like, the the season one. So the carryover for me wasn't important enough to... And to be honest, my Switch was dead and I didn't want to charge it. <laughs> that was another reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see you with there. I, I actually played it. Um, I got the same prompt because... I played all of these games way back on PS3 when they first came out. And I've purchased... Same. Yeah, exactly. It's a long time ago. I still have my PS3 hooked up, but I didn't want to go back and get the one last trophy that I had on there for winning rock, paper, scissors. Um, but I got the same prompt when I booted it up on PS4 uh, because I actually, like I said, I had the uh, definitive edition, the signature edition of that. I haven't played it at all. I just bought it for the collectibles. So <laughs> this, this was my excuse to finally boot that up. And it gave me that generate your uh, previous save uh, prompt. But... I, from what I remember of the story and what I played through today, it doesn't seem like anything from season one really ties into this at all. So it you that's why it works so well as a demo as like a standalone piece, because you could just jump in here, know nothing and get something out of it that way. So uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's still it's still very good on PS4, despite feeling very noticeably old at this point. Yeah, I, I feel the same way playing it on Series X like your character will move against invisible walls in a way that felt very like 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, so appreciate what you're saying there. Yep. Did you guys have any bugs at all? No, I'm, no here. 
Uh, no bugs. A lot of like just the animations felt really stiff in the way that, you know, like we said, 2008 ish. Um, I did have some things where because I remember some plot points. So I was trying to like test the limits to see, oh, I know this bad thing's going to happen. So what if I don't do the bad thing? Oh, it's just a fail state. OK, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But no actual outright horrible bugs or anything. I remember vividly when the Batman episode, we talked, someone mentioned, did you guys have bugs and things like that? And I didn't. I had a buttery smooth Batman Telltale game, but I had like an infinite loop in this one where I kept like dying. And it was specifically in, I think it was Russell's storyline. There's a sequence where you're hiding behind the truck and you have to peek to see the sniper in like the, the motel. So hmm. as soon as you say peek, he looks up and then on the way down, it you get shot and then it like it kills the game. And then when you boot it up again, it, it brings you back to the game at the stage of you coming down and you still oh. get shot. So every time you play it, it's like you got shot and it ends. Try again, try again. And I had that going. I Googled it. It's one of those just random. You might get a situation where that happens. But I just had to kind of restart his story, which you're able to do in case anyone has this. You just go rewind that storyline. You don't have to start from the beginning. You can start from the specific character's storyline kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, weird. First one. I think that that's a good uh, point to bring up kind of the structure of this thing. So when you boot up the game, there will be kind of a cork board with a bunch of pictures on it. And you can choose them in any order that you want. So there's five stories. There's five character names on like Polaroid pictures on this bulletin board. Vince, Wyatt, Russell, Bonnie, and Shell. Um, I want to know if you guys remember what order you played them in. And then from there, I'd also just want to like jump right in and say like, what was the story that hit you the hardest? Because I want to hear about those first. Okay. Um, well, I I played them from like top right to bottom left. Uh, so whatever order that is in. I, I forget like the specific names, but I know like um, I ended with uh, the prison one, which I think is... Yep. Uh, what's what's his name vince yes vince is the prison one he was the last one i did and the first one i did was whoever's in the top right who i'm forgetting about right before the sister but um yeah i really think i think the prison one is like the best demonstration of like why the walking dead is the walking dead and why it's a cool game um but personally from like a story standpoint i like the one with the with the little sister and you know i i forget her name but we can drive the rv out where you can either drive the RV away or shoot the person. Oh, is that Shell's story? I think it's Shell. Yeah, yeah. I like her story a lot more just because, you know, I, I'm a sucker for like, oh, you got to protect the kid. It kicks in my paternal instinct. So I, I love stuff like that. So yeah, that's probably my favorite narratively. Yeah, I, I just went from left, top left to bottom right. Um, so I would have started with, um, I think I started with, Vince's story on day two or I maybe I started on Vince's story and I ended with Shell's story I almost played them sequentially um I really loved the um like Bonnie's story there was a moment in Bonnie's story that really hit me really hard and I'd forgotten about and it was just like a moment that was classic Walking Dead just gruesome and like stays with the moment longer than it it needs to but Mm -hmm. just makes you sit with it because of the consequences uh, of what's happened and how gruesome it is. Yeah. And I, you guys already know what I'm talking about, so I'm yep. sure we'll get into it. Um, Mo, what? how did you play it? And then was there a one in particular that you were like, dang, like we need to talk about this? Um, yeah, yeah. so the first one I played, to answer your first question, uh, was Wyatt, purely just because I saw there was no like, there was a random choice, I just went bloop, and the bloop landed <laughs> on Wyatt. Yep. Um, I think, though, if 
this that why it's one is the one that maybe would make someone not want to play because it makes you so mad that like there's certain decisions that are being forced so essentially in his storyline you're in a car apparently something traumatic just happened you and a buddy Wyatt and his friend and his friend is driving runs over something it's probably a person you see the figure as you're running it over and he's adamant that we have to go check the body even though it's all foggy outside you're being chased by guys with guns and the guy's like we're not leaving here unless we check the body and in my head i'm like why am i doing this this is <laughs> totally like just destroying you but that's the walking dead and the, the telltale games trying to get you to be angry because they know this is going to infuriate the majority of people <laughs> so that's the first one i did i got started it off just pissed off because of it yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one. That one was really upsetting, especially because when you when you hit whatever body that is, it was very clearly a zombie. So it's like, all right, let's not even exactly. you know, do this. But hey, that's that's it, telltale for you. Yeah, it was like black blood, too, on the window because they have you investigate. But the guy's adamant that like because of the bad situation they're in, I'm going to guess he had to shoot someone for the first time mm-hmm. um, in, in like the post-apocalyptic world. So he's trying to like be like i'm not running over someone and not checking on them he's trying to grasp like i want to be a good person kind of thing exactly but it just makes the the player like oh my god this literally have you watched any movies keep moving buddy like why are you stopping right now and it turns out exactly how you expect bad things happen because you're waiting around for no reason uh and the the story that kind of stuck with me i think the best and it kind of represented the the first season i think was shells i feel like that one has a lot because if people I'm assuming have played the first season, you know that like uh, uh, Clementine is a main the core like point of the story and like her growth and how she's learning and grasping what's happening in the world, like having to make hard decisions. And Shell's story kind of puts that mini version of the complex situation that hey, you have to protect your community. Something happened and now you have to make a decision, like kick this person out or kill them. Like kind of oh, sorry, it's kind of kill them or. <laughs> Kill them or leave. Um, take the risk. Let them go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it introduces um, the main concept of The Walking Dead in that storyline, I think. Well, I, I think that those are probably the three that I connected with the most as well. So why don't we start with those three in the order that we talked about them? So Emmett, I don't know if you want to talk about Vince's story first uh, and how... Uh, gruesome and traumatic that is yeah i'll do vince's story first i i really like his story um yeah he's the one who he's on the bus going towards prison much like lee except things get crazy right before they're able to even get to the prison um what i really like about this one is it's a perfect microcosm of like here are all your characters it feels like a stage play honestly like just how quick everything's introduced and how instantly you understand like what this scene is going to be about i'm trying to size up the two other inmates and then the insanity that goes on the front of the bus how it slowly creeps towards the back with vince and the other two guys and uh, i don't know who you guys took out but i i was on the f wall street train so <laughs> had to say goodbye to that guy um but yeah it's, it's really interesting to see like how you judge it's really making you uh make judgment calls on complete strangers which is what the walking dead forces you to do all the time but here it's like you know next to nothing now now ruin one of these people's lives forever just to save your own skin and so yeah it's 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 some tough stuff but man is it compelling to add a follow-up there um you you said it's like a stage play because they set up these really two unlikable characters they set up justin and they set up danny justin is like the wall street guy who has taken hundreds of millions of dollars through ponzi schemes from innocent people and then there's danny who i believe 
uh, may have sexually assaulted someone yeah, who may or girl. may not have been a minor. Yeah. Yeah, so they set up these really awful people, and in Clear Walking Dead style, they're like, hey, pick the one you hate the least. They're both terrible, but which one are you going to escape with? Uh, yeah. Who did you guys decide to escape with from the bus? So, so basically, they set it up where you guys are chained in the bus, and in order to get the chains away, there's a zombie coming towards you. You have to shoot off one person's foot, which will probably leave them to die. Um, you you chose um, uh, you chose Justin or Danny? Uh, Justin's the one wh- who did the Ponzi schemes, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I chose. I took out Justin because <laughs> I I figured he he despite him doing something that had a wider scale of pain attached to it um mm-hmm. i took out him because he seemed like he had the least remorse for it uh where the other guy despite him doing something pretty much way more unforgivable it seems like he was super sorry about it at least so you know i was able to bring him in he had a conscience still i was the opposite and me just because in my brain once i see po- like post-apocalyptic world i'm like i have to think post-apocalyptic world build a community, try to survive. And in my head, I'm like, that guy, if he was messing around with like an underage girl, we need to build a community moving on. That's mm. like a non-starter, I feel, with any other person we would meet. Whereas Ponzi Scheme guy, he was playing the game that was available to him. He took advantage of a lot of people, which is sick, but I also don't, I'm not scared of him to like make a physical crime or anything to like hurt the community besides maybe keeping a couple pairs to himself because he wants to eat at night and when we're rationing food. That's kind of how I thought of it. I was like, this guy, I can handle him. I can't handle this guy who might do something even more vicious with something else if he's put in that situation. Mm, fair, fair. Yeah, and truly, I wasn't even thinking. Like, it, it all happened so fast that, like, at one point I was trying to shoot the window, and then I'm like, I guess I'm shooting. I thought I was, again, shooting off this, like, this chain, but no, you, you, sh- you shoot him in the ankle, and his ankle just separates from the rest of his body, <laughs> And it is it is gruesome, and you leave, and that is kind of the the end of of that piece. I guess the one cool part that we didn't mention is that this actually starts before um, the zombie apocalypse even starts, because you're running away from the cops like on day zero. Essentially, you toss a gun in a garbage can and get caught that way. Yeah, I feel like this one was like literally like day three or day four. So like day two. obviously, word didn't get around quick. Day two, yeah. So word didn't get around at all. I feel and everything. Everyone was just proceeding as normal, and then like they caught it when they caught it when they saw people getting eaten on the side of the road. I mean, that's a very interesting thing too, where you, you feel like word wouldn't have gotten around. But especially like I, I live in Georgia myself, and all of The Walking Dead takes place in Georgia. Like I've been to Macon, I've been to Statesboro. My dad went to college in Statesboro, um, so nice. like I know this area specifically. If if the world was falling apart. We would act like nothing's happening until it's on our front door. It's the same thing we did with the pandemic last year where everyone was like, oh, it's not a problem. And then Tom Hanks got it and they shut down the NBA on the same night. And everyone was like, oh, God, go to Kroger now. So, like, it, yeah. it's very realistic to what would happen in real life. We wouldn't care until our door is being ripped open by a zombie, which is yeah, a problem. Yeah, I don't know how it was. I don't know how it was when you with Yumo, but like for me, it was like we heard that we were shutting down on like March, I don't know, fifteenth or twelfth in the epoch in the pandemic, and I was very much like, oh snap, like nothing had closed down, nothing had happened yet, and I'm like, I need gas, I need to get my, I need to cancel my my pre order for Animal Crossing to get a digital, <laughs> and I need to get groceries, the the priorities. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how Georgia is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're different in a lot of ways, sadly, but hopefully that's changing. <laughs> 
over time. Uh, hopefully it is. Anything else y'all want to say about Vince's piece? Um, if not, uh, I'll move it into my favorite story, um, which isn't really my favorite, but has my favorite moment, and that's Bonnie's story. Um, mm. How did y'all feel about this one? I can set it up if, if y'all want. Uh, go ahead and set it up real quick. Yeah, so Bonnie is essentially a story of, of three characters in it. And in this story, um, you have uh, Leland, D, and Bonnie. Leland and D are married. And Bonnie is someone who I guess has been on like been on drugs for a long time is really struggling with it and Leland is helping her like cope with being off the drugs but at the same time obviously causing a rift between Leland and Dee and the story starts of them talking hypotheticals like would you rather have lobster claws or would you rather have a snake's tongue they're being very friendly essentially it was it starts off and it almost seems like this this person Leland and this person Bonnie they're together you don't learn anything about Dee until she almost like catches them and says like Hey guys, like what's going on? And then she starts referring to Leland as the husband, and I, I'm not sure about you guys, but I was like, oh, this is what's going on. There's something developing here, mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's very like gotcha moment to like to put in the roots that hey, Leland has a, a spouse or a partner, and Bonnie is not part of it, but because of his like oversight role and like helping her get through her like previous drug like situation, it kind of seems like oh maybe this guy's trying to like lead her on kind of stuff, and it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's uh, This is actually one of the very few stories that I remembered pretty much entirely what happened. So when it oh, it had that cold open with them like talking about hypotheticals, I was making sure to like, because I actually leaned into it the first time I played because I was like, oh, cute. I love relationship stuff. So I'm all like, oh, man, I want them to be happy. So like I was leaning into it. And then, of course, she comes out and throws a whole wrench into things. But this time I was making sure to keep that boundary up, make sure it wasn't getting too weird. And so once she actually came out, I was trying to really dear myself to d and be like hey i'm not not trying to take your man <laughs> it's not like that so yeah it's definitely uh, an interesting thing you didn't try to throw a wrench in it or you didn't try and throw rebar in it oh <laughs> well i could <laughs> i couldn't help but throw rebar in it because i i literally tried to not do it and they killed me <laughs> gave me an end state yeah so. Yeah, so, like, this one's pretty succinct where it's, like, there's that, like, really fun, cold open character moment between the three of them, that weird love triangle. Then, very quickly, like, you're approached by strangers with flashlights. You run while you're running. uh, You're controlling Bonnie. You get shot. The other two kind of run ahead of you, and you end up in a cornfield where you're just trying to escape and not get get got, I guess. Mm -hmm. And in this case, getting got means getting shot. Yeah, which Bonnie does, but somehow is able to power through and still has a good swinging arm somehow. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, set up that moment, and then I guess I'll I'll share like how wild it was to see, or we can talk about how wild it was to see. Yeah, I, I mean, basically after that whole character moment, and then there's a fight between uh, Bonnie D and Leland. Right after that, they are on the run. Uh, apparently, Dee took some random bag she found on the side of the river. And apparently, these are the people who owned that bag. And now they're back to find out where their stuff is and take it back. So they're running. There, it's a whole chase scene that ends up in a corn maze. Uh, well, actually, corn maze. I just realized that's kind of a, the same word twice. Um, in any case, yeah, they're, they're in this corn maze and they're trying to hide and everything. Bonnie eventually finds a tractor, hides behind there, sees a shadowy figure coming up with the light. 
thinking it's one of her pursuers. She grabs a rebarb and swings at him. And turns out it's actually D. And D has her head dang near split open on the ground. Uh, I poked out kind of like um, the the infamous comic scene where uh, Glenn got uh, met his fate eventually in the show as well. They showed that. And it was very traumatic and it was a total accident. But like, of course, D's not going to believe that because she was already mad at you earlier. It is a messed up thing. It makes me feel bad every time I think of that scene, let alone play it. It is it is some ruthless stuff, but I, I know you guys had some reactions to it too. Yeah, no, it, it's one. Of, it's just like Jacob said. It's one of those like gruesome bits that they just keep on the screen, and there's a conversation going on and the whole time. You're like, I don't want to keep talking to you right now. Like, why are we? <laughs> why are we having like a full on discussion? It's over, man. Like <laughs> so the whole time, I'm trying to skip, but you can't skip because it's a decision making game. So like, if you keep clicking, you might just choose something you don't want. But yeah, very gruesome with her eyes like sort of laying oh. on her back. Looking up, one eye is doing a little stanky leg, and the other one is just like <laughs> looking at you. It's just gnarly. Uh, like, keep change the scene, please. It's very much you so. You did like, it because you love my Leland, <laughs> and she's just like gurgling and sitting there slowly dying, and it just. Ugh, sorry, Emmett, I cut yeah. you off. Oh no, you're fine. I was just gonna say it has like every. I've seen this so many movies where it's just like the kill me. Like that type of vibe to it. It's just that for like a whole two minutes of just her berating you. And it's like, man, this is unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say that if there's one moment that is going to stick with me, it's going to be that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think I would argue as well, like you said, Emmett, that like there are probably, you know, Vince's story and maybe one other one that was like really solid. Um, but this that face stuck with me after I went to bed last night and played it. So yeah, um, well done, Telltale. You done did it. Um, my question, I guess, is did y'all lie um, to Leland about it? So you can you have to kill. Uh, the kill happens, but it's whether or not um, Bonnie lies to Leland about like I found her like this or I did it. I lied. I'm a big liar, liar, liar pants on fire. Yeah, I I didn't. Um, I think I pretty much said the picked the option where it was like what happened happened like it was dark or something. It was very like not direct. Hey, I killed your partner because at the same time, like I'm like, dude, like we were like, there's definitely something going on between us earlier or whatever. So why is he like doing this whole front kind of? So it's mostly just me being like, hey, it happens. Like, what do you want now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I also didn't lie. I wanted to make sure because I didn't want that blowing back up in my face, despite me knowing this was a. 20 minute interaction but um that, isn't that funny yeah yeah you think like oh my god like what do i do it's gonna affect me three oh wait yeah, just, uh, the DLC. <laughs> exactly yeah i made sure to tell the truth about it but i tried not to be so matter of fact about it i tried to be very like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry didn't mean to do this it was an accident i tried to say that as much as i could and just apologize profusely because if i was just so matter of fact about it i think that would cancel out because it's still his wife at the end of the day. Like, I noticed yeah, so this, true, yeah. this time playing through, I noticed his wedding ring on his hand as he puts it over D just from an overhead shot. And I was like, God, he really like, even though he was like feeling me, he still felt her for many years before. So, like, yeah, I, I was yeah. feeling real bad about that. But, um, yeah, I was trying to be as trying to make the pill go down with as much sugar, sugar as I could. Interestingly enough, one thing I just want to hit on really quickly is that this game, there are some weird overlaps between days depending on the order you did them in. So in this case, if you played Vince first, the prison guard inside, his name is Clyde, um, he can actually be one of the zombies that's kind of walking around in this 
uh, anthology or this story, and he also can be in um, Russell's story as well. So there, there's a couple parts in this game where like the stories overlap depending on how you did them. I don't think it adds that much, but it's cool that they're thinking about like, cool, this character, since it's in such a like self-contained space, that a Zambi that's created in on day two could be a Zambi you end up seeing in day 184, day 220. Hmm. Yeah, they do that with um, some other stories too. We'll get to it. Uh, Mo, you, you talk specifically about um, your favorite story, um, which was not Shells. Russell's story. You like Shell's story the best, right? I think I think just with the aspect that they added in the child and like someone like watching over a kid and growing through all of this, it kind of reminded me of this main like plot points in season one. Yeah. So why don't you set that one up? Uh, sure. Yeah. So this one essentially, actually, mine. This one kind of okay. This is one of those overlap situations for me because I played Russell's story first. Um, I'm not sure if you guys did Russell's story first, but it's essentially when you're going, you're shoot, you're escaping in the car, and you get to like a hotel, and you're shooting into it, and you eventually through that storyline, the, the person you're with shoots this old couple. Mm-hmm. So in Shell's story, one of the situations is they're using the old couple who have now turned into zombies as like watchdogs. So they're chained to like poles outside, and like like if they see something, they're gonna growl. And I'm assuming they that's their like initial alarm that someone's entering their community. So Shell is with a group of people. They're holding out at this motel or it's store, more like a I truck guess. stop. Yeah, it's like one of those situations. So they're they're hanging out there, and they have kind of like set rules. It seems I feel like this one was one of the farther down after like the the, the zombie apocalypse kind of happened. This is like a few months down the road. Yeah, so this is day two thirty six and two fifty nine. So you're totally right. Yeah, so they developed a structure, and essentially you get into a situation where there's a the leader in the group is notifying Sh- uh, Shell that hey, uh, actually I might be skipping the first. I might be butchering this. We, Opening up the on the first bit was, you know what? I'm, I'm, I think maybe Emmett should do this whole segment because I'm jumping <laughs> from the end to the front. So that's, this is where those editing situations we mentioned earlier uh, it might be a, a good opportunity. So, uh, Emmett, how does the story start out? Because I can't remember every single detail okay. off the top of my head. Well, I literally just played it last night, so I guess it works. Um, oh, wicked! Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it it starts out with uh, the girl character the little girl you're looking after she's playing guitar and you're over there talking to the person who taught her guitar being like thanks for doing this you know i she appreciates thinking of something outside of the zombies and all that stuff and then after she gets done playing guitar for everybody you're walking around you're doing your chores they're checking ammo they're checking flashlights you're going over outside to go feed the walkers which is where you encounter the old woman walker and yeah. the thing that shakes up the character you're playing as, Shell, she sees that old lady and notices she's eating a puppy. <laughs> and yeah. th- that, like, really messes her up. So she goes back in and you can choose whether or not to tell your, uh, I, I don't know if it's just a little sister or a daughter, but I feel like it's more of a sister vibe. You can choose. I think it. it's a younger sister. Yeah. So Shell and Becca. Shell and Becca, yeah. yeah. So you can choose to tell Becca whether or not, you know, what that dog was and tell her about that whole traumatic event or just keep her shielded away from it and it changes uh how you go with there and i'll continue in a minute but i want you to say what you can say yeah and it's exactly it. it's the first time they also show like the sheltering of like the child 
or kind of like how Clementine was trying to be like sheltered away from like hard decisions. So initially they kind of bring it up, bring it up as like something that, Hey, we don't want her to see how we have to live now. Let's kind of let her be a child still longer. And that's why she kind of goes in and has to explain it. And it's like very, they're tiptoeing around this before the final thing. Mm-hmm. The loss of innocence is like a very common thread through every piece of the walking dead, whether it's the show and Carl or Clementine or, you know, Becca in this anthology. So I, I appreciate when they do that. Um, one thing we didn't mention is that this is part of Vernon's group from the first season. So if you remember Vernon, say what you want about Vernon, uh, but part of his group in the first season is actually part of this group. Um, uh, I just wanted to mention that really quickly before the major conflict. Yeah, I totally forgot about that because I did not replay one in preparation of this. But uh, in any case, yeah. So after you tell Becca whether or not you want to tell her about the dog, uh, you get called out. There's an emergency outside and there's someone who tried to break into camp. And it's some random dude who apparently, quote unquote, was beat up before they got to him. But they caught him. Uh, one of the watchdog walkers caught him and he hasn't been bit, but they have him tied up and wrapped up can't speak English so you're basically trying to argue about what to do with them and you can be the deciding vote in a group of whether or not to let him go free or to kill him in case you know he has people coming and yeah that choice has repercussions which we'll find out in a second um but yeah you can go ahead yeah what what did you guys do in that situation because like it's they kind of pitch it as there's two options one is if you let him go he might come back with weapons and more people he could be a scout so we either kill him or take that risk is the two situations. And I essentially said, I think I chose we have to kill him. Hmm. Uh, it was my Same. option just, just to be a little reckless. Because I think when I played season one, I was very like, you know what, let him go. But then after everything happens, I'm like post-apocalyptic world, day two, 330. And I was reading the room too. Everyone was very, seemed like, hey, like we have limited stuff. Like he, it could be a scout. Like what, like in like if there wasn't a zombie apocalypse and we didn't have scarce resources, maybe we can make decisions where we can let him go and take that risk. But the risk is too high in the zombie world as we've been made to learn for the first game. Emmett is so disappointed in that. This is a Canadian <laughs> thing, I think. Yeah. We're very utilitarian. I am, I'm disappointed in both of you because I totally let this guy live. <laughs> I let him go. Uh, and of course, I came to regret that very quickly after. But like, yes. uh-huh. but man, I, I, I just, you know, the whole thing about this game is a, a big reason why I like The Walking Dead is because it gives you the chance to have shimmers of hope in a hopeless world. And I was trying to make my own light and it got snuffed out. So like, that's just how it is. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. You guys probably made the right. Now, let me ask this. Because when, when I chose to let him go, weeks later, security got cracked down because those people came back and, you know, gunshots and stuff. And we lost a couple more characters. How did y'all's story go? Because y'all killed them. So did anybody come find you or how did that go? Peace. No. Sorry, what, Mom? Peace. We were very peaceful in yeah. that hotel, just hanging out, playing GameCube, you know, with everyone, <laughs> <and> just <laughs> spending a grand old time. My God, just playing Melee and Apocalypse. I respect it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think there was any, like, consequences. It was just, like, obviously the group was very somber, and it, it felt as though the whole atmosphere and ambiance of the of the shelter had changed. So I guess the the consequences weren't people died but it was like that we could never go back to the way it was hmm. well something died if, if that's then. a <laughs> yeah. exactly 
innocents died. The group has blood on their hands and they can never go back. Yeah. But I think the, the final choice is the same. It's essentially like, hey, Stephanie, who's one of the other people in the shelter, has decided to steal food and it comes back to like, she stole food. We have to deal with this. And oh, hey, remember how I said that like, the guy, I think it was Roman, who was a group leader, said, like, I will shoot this person if y'all want me to, but the next time I'm asked to do it, I am not going to do it. So someone else will have to. Mo? Yeah, Roman also, like, is one of the things about the Telltale and the Left Behind Telltale game specifically is the acting and the writing is, like, will convince you of things that maybe are not happening or maybe they are. It's kind of like hinting but not hinting. So Roman initially comes off as like i'm the leader i need to do like we need to do what we need to do and he says hey the next decision we do is going to be on you i'm not doing it which seems fair i guess because he doesn't want to be the one hurting everyone but all he tells you is hey this person has like stolen like the some stuff um we have to kill them because we can't kick them out just like last time it's your turn now you do it and we don't and i think in the follow where it's like well let's talk to her let's see if there's like a reasoning he's like no we don't talk to her we kill her in that situation, my flag came up and I was like, okay, see, Telltale's making you feel like, hey, there might be something else going on. Maybe he, she knows something about Roman and he can't let that info go out. So that's why he has her locked in like a 18-wheeler truck and you can't talk to her, just kill her kind of situation. Yeah, I, I totally got that vibe because Roman, as soon as I saw Roman, because it's very deceptive how they opened this whole episode with the whole guitar and playing because it's like, oh, man, what a ha- nice, happy community of decent people. If it started with seeing Roman first, I would have had a completely different just perception of everything because Roman he, being the leader, especially it's like, all right, I don't try. I I grew up in the South. I don't trust a bald white man in a leather jacket. That's just me. <laughs> and I'm black, so I can, like, that just puts it too, twofold for people who are listening. So, like, yeah, I, I always was shady on him from the start. And by the end of that episode where he's like, oh, you got to kill Stephanie. I'm like, all right, you're just, like, low-key out for blood. And people who are driving away, you're going to kill them. It's like, oh, man, I, I don't trust you. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave him every benefit of the doubt, but it was that last moment where it's like, don't ask questions. Let's not see what she has to say. Just kill. I'm like, in what situation is that ever really a good way to make a decision just based off of some person's perspective? So, yeah, you're totally right. Definitely something was up and it seemed like it wasn't 100%, but the, the game didn't really give you anything to make you feel like he would have. He's making a bad decision. It's just like the heebie-jeebies and the way they set up his is like a dialogue um one thing i haven't really said is and we haven't really said uh, explicitly is that each one of these episodes has like one big choice as opposed to like in other episodes there are usually five choices that are spread out across the you know two hour playtime. each one of these five stories has one major choice and the major choice here is hey am i going to uh take this rv that becca and i are in and just like run away with it um or walk out of the rv and shoot stephanie yeah yeah because essentially the when you when roman tells you hey you have to kill her you get the option hey because you were originally talking with your daughter slash sister slash whatever uh he's like okay i'll give you a few minutes to think it out but be back here quick we got to do this now so when you go into the rv when you open the drawer there's the option of like a set of keys to get out of there with the rv and there's also the the gun. And also before that, when you're walking towards Roman to hear the storyline, if you talk to, I can't, I think it's Boyd or... The old Boyd woman? Or something. The dude. Oh, the Boyd. Boyd. Yeah, there is a Boyd. 
Yeah. Yeah, so if you talk to Boyd, one of the things he tells you is, like, Roman is, like, getting way too, like, full of himself. Get your daughter and leave. Like, you have to get out of here. And that was before you kind of learned the situation. So that kind of gave me that initial, like, something is up kind of situation. He's this old man who has... He's not, he doesn't even care about either or. He's like, hey, you be safe. You have to get out of here because we're going to be trapped in here with this guy who's taking, who's getting a power trip, like with leading the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So decision time. What did you guys do? I I decided to drive away because that's my whole thing. Even with Clementine, when I was playing the main line of games, I wanted to keep, to make her, I didn't want to harden her and take away her innocence, but I wanted her to add the knowledge of the world with that innocence. I wanted her to maintain caring about people, but understand how things are now. And that seemed like the best compromise to where back earlier in that episode, I told her about the dead dog. I told her about like how this world can be depressing, can be upsetting, and just how it is. But I didn't want to go so far as to kill Stephanie because Stephanie, yeah, she took supplies and everything, but she's still one of our own. She's still a person that we've had good times with and we can relate to and you know are attached to. So I didn't want to go so far as to completely say, turn on your friends. But I did want to say, yo, this world is tougher right now, but maybe you don't have to pop your friends. So let's get this RV and Robin Williams it out of here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that movie. Uh, I, did, movie. I did the same, kind of for the same reason. It's just uh, I thought we could do better outside of this uh, crazy, crazy compound. Uh, so I, I would take my chances with this RV outside of it. Because this was a DLC, I went the other way. As soon as I heard the daughter was saying, hey, yeah, I guess that's the way it is. You got to do it kind of thing. Like, no waiting. And she was already, like, okay with it. And it was the last one I picked. I think it was the last card. I was like, all right, she's got to go. Leaving. What's going to happen? You're you're together with a child. Good luck surviving uh, in this (laughs) post-apocalyptic world. Hmm. There was no hard reason for me not to leave the safety of the community, which has food, shelter, and all of that. And it was the DLC. And I said, I've never made, like, a reckless just opposite what you're supposed to do decision so i was like this is the time let's just i gave him a promise i let this guy kill this random person let's just keep this community strong and see what happens even though we're not going to see what happens i mean in my game because i let the guy go and it came back and some of my characters died the only uh, the only black character in the whole camp died because he got shot off screen by the time we come back and the the older white lady all, was already like Loki doing some racist stuff <laughs> when she was yeah, like, he can't yeah. even speak English. Why is he going to be in the camp? And I said, I hit the option to be like, yo, that's racist. <laughs> so yeah. like, I, I was, think they, yeah. yeah, they give you the option too to say it. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a clickable. Yeah. So I was already like, yo, it's just racist white lady and Roman. That's pretty much all I have at this camp at this point. So let's skirt, skirt up out of here. That's, that's my, that's definitely telltale. That's telltale breaking, <laughs> just using the way they can to twist every want to make decisions that they want not what you want it's yeah <laughs> bravo to them bravo to them yes indeed uh we have two stories left here um we have russell's story and we have wyatt's story um were any of you guys compelled to talk about one over the other first i don't know why we could talk about wyatt first just because i think russell's a little bit stronger so that might be a little yep. bit better ending and Wyatt is just such uh-huh. a it didn't feel like a Walking Dead game. <laughs> like it felt, it, it felt like oh, we're gonna try and test out some of our um, Guardians of the Galaxy humor. Like it was, it was a little bit sillier, more amateurish, more actiony. Uh, it, it just felt very out of place. But I guess it's their, this was their time to experiment with stuff like that. So uh, I don't know what did y'all think about it. Okay, for, for me, it was the fir- it was the first one. So it was like I said, it, 
it made me angry because it makes the situation with Wyatt and his uh, co-driver, his, his buddy that he's with, it, it creates that dialogue where you get so angry at the decisions the co- the pilot's making. Like, hey, we have to stop. We have to check on this person we ran over. Not to say it all over again, but it just it got to the point where for me it was like, oh, this is so annoying. This is like the, the things I hate about The Walking Dead, but it's also them showing you like, hey, we can like make you angry at will too. So I kind of appreciate it in that in that sense. Why it strikes me as the person playing the Walking Dead video game, yeah. not an actual protagonist or antagonist in a Walking Dead video game. Yep. So, thankfully, it was short. I think it was probably like ten minutes. Uh, the annoying piece for me was like at one point you have to dig around the car for keys, and I forgot that you have to like press up on the light to see uh. the keys underneath the seat, and it took me like far too long to find <laughs> that light to to see the keys. Um, but really, like. I didn't really feel connected to these characters. I didn't feel like there were consequences that we saw here. I I definitely agree with you that this is the weakest out of the entire anthology, but thankfully it was it was quick. Yeah, but uh, it also does one thing that I think the other episodes don't do, and it adds that like fear of like the jump scare because it's all fog. Mm-hmm. When your buddy kind of leaves away from the car too, he disappears in the fog. So you're, there's a moment where you're by yourself in the car and you're kind of yelling to him, which is never a good situation in the zombie world. So yep. you're yelling, hey, get back in the car. He's like, leave me alone. And the windows are down because the, the window was broken and you rolled it down can't see anything so it's just like a good five minutes of just tension it's like something's gonna happen what's gonna happen something's gonna happen what's gonna happen and that's like the introduction of that mechanic it's throughout the walking dead when you're walking anywhere there's always that sense of like something's gonna get me i know it yeah this one kind of does yeah i agree with you there this one felt like honestly this felt like a clip from until dawn rather than the walking dead because you got these Mm. like paper thin characters that are like still a little bit too jokey for people who have lived through hell for the last couple days and like because they've had comedic characters in walking dead and that's fine but it's always like a sadness underneath that humor where these guys look like they just got up off the couch after smoking a bowl of weed so it's like these guys feel like they're too still of the old world to me um and then with that jump scare element as well just feels like it's more traditional horror or more like i don't know slasher movie or something like that yeah where maybe they were going for that vibe if so good job you did it but for me i'm (laughs) i'm less playing this game to get like some jump scares and gore i'm more playing this for like the oh examine the human condition like that's why i'm into it and you're not really getting too much from the human condition out of a bunch of bros making fart jokes so that was my whole beef with it yeah well thankfully it's not the last thing we have to talk about we have russell's story which i think is probably one of the stronger stories of the anthology where i'll just quickly set it up and say that um he was part of a group before he is now walking down the road with his russell backpack on he is approached by a very rude kind of racist dude in a truck and they kind of take it from there emmett yeah, uh, I, the dude in the truck is very interesting. First off, I wanted to shout out when you've opened up the story and Russell's right rocking on the highway, something I didn't realize until this playthrough. When he's commenting on all of the things he's walking past, if you keep the stick moved, he'll keep walking. I, I'm so used to activate the thing and then just wait, f- just watch the cutscene happen. Well, no, you still have control while he's commenting huh. on the bushes or commenting on the sign. Like, it's very oh. interesting. Even when you, like, look at your map while you're walking. I was like, this is okay. something they don't interact with this type of gameplay until, like, season four of The Walking Dead. So it was very interesting to see that there. But the guy in the truck, 
I, I less got a vibe that he was racist and more got a vibe that he was just very sexist. Like, still sleaze bag, but like just a different variety of sleaze bag. And it definitely reminded me of, because you guys decided back to the uh, the Vince story in the prison, you, you guys didn't want to side with the convicted rapist because you were like, all right, he could do that again in my community. My thing is, this guy is who I would really think would do something like that, because this man is depraved and is taking the apocalypse as an advantage to do whatever he wants because there are no more social structures. And that stuff just that shook me to my core. Like, I do not like people who just take advantage like that, especially like, you know, womanizing POSs like that. Uh, So, yeah, that really got up under my skin and his whole character. I, I think the whole idea of the episode where it's like do you want to bend to your depravity because that's an interesting angle to take because not a lot of people a lot of a lot of this type of fiction is worried about like oh let's go into um let's worry about surviving let's not worry about like what you could do now that social structures are gone so i like that they're tackling that stuff but man i would totally not want to be with that guy (laughs) he definitely scares me yeah, he was so twisted that at one point you're driving by a, a walker and he stops and he's like, how about you like to rate that Zambi lady and makes you rate her on a scale of one to ten, basically rolls down the window. She starts attacking you and you, you're you forced to rate her on a scale of one to ten before he rolls the window up or tries to help you. So just goes to show very dark, very twisted individual that is only scarier when there are little to no consequences uh, mm-hmm. in the in the post-apocalypse. Yeah, and of course, it's a situation where you're alone on the highway, and the only ally that could possibly <laughs> yeah. be an ally is the one that pulls up, and it's the one you absolutely don't want. So they're making you in that situation where it's like, uh, I, I need this person to maybe help me, but he could also be the worst decision. It could be the worst decision I ever made kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to choose? Be in the wild with zombies or get into a car and get to your des- potentially your destination? It's like, what's the choice? They both suck. Flat yeah. out. They both <laughs> suck. But it's like, which one do you just want to like flip a coin in this situation and you probably have the best odds? Cool moment, too, that ties back to the season one. Uh, the corpse on the ground is either Doug or Carly, depending on spoilers for season one of The Walking Dead, depending on who you kill. <sighs> yeah. I Emmett, totally, did you realize that? I didn't because I, I saw that corpse on the ground. And I was like, that does look familiar. Who is that? I totally did not realize that's what that was. Because like I said, I had to generate everything. So, huh, man, that is actually very cool now that you mentioned that. Because he, he mentioned like all oh, the corpse because he saw the corpse on the ground. I was like, oh, you got, you're done chilling with your girlfriend there. And that's totally who died in my playthrough. So like that totally worked. Awesome. That That's really cool touch. Yeah, I, I got the notification on my second time because I had that like infinite loop bug in this level. So when I went back, I chose to like hide, whereas initially I just waited for the car to pull up and I got the an achievement, I think, because I did the pre-populated story decisions in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that we get to now the, the main part of the story where you are at a truck stop because Nate, who's the guy who's the name of the guy you're with, decides to he needs to grab grab supplies. When he stops, you start getting shot at. And that's when you have to approach this gas station to kill the people inside of it for no God forsaken reason. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> For the, self-preservation. Yeah, pretty much. Nate justifies it because you, you pull up to the gas station, they just start blasting off instantly. And so there's this whole 
sequence where you're moving between cover trying to get around and then nate's like yo we're gonna just pop these fools let's get it and it becomes a whole thing (laughs) where you get in there and you know it's it's an elderly couple for it's the old woman from uh what shell's episode uh it's it's that old woman in there with her husband and it's this scene where talk about depravity nate is like yo let's let's kill these fools and let's get everything they have because who's gonna stop us and it's a very interesting choice where yes this is the person who it's a question of like do you want to bend to your depravity but also how important is companionship because i could easily go off on my own and have moral peace with myself but to stick here with this dude, just to have an extra hand to help me, because he does help you earlier in that sequence. Is that worth letting this man just go off on this couple for no good reason? Like, it's it, it's kind of a tough... If it was real life, it'd be a tough decision. But in a video game, it's like, all right, I'm going to keep my moral superiority. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. No, I've been steadily keeping my same like thought process for any, any interaction in The Walking Dead. And with this one, they kind of initially, they started off... You're like terrified of this guy. You don't know what he is. You don't want to be his buddy. But then through that shooting sequence, when you're trying to get into the truck stop, you kind of develop like a mini rapport. It's like, okay, this guy has my best interest so far. And I have, I'm trying to help him out. And I had that kind of going along. I was being very like neutral with him and nice. And then once you get in and you, he, in my storyline, just abruptly just pops the, the two elderly people, even though like we're about to decide like, Hey, sh- what should we do here with these Wild. two? And I choose, like, no, we shouldn't. And he's like, bang, bang. And he shoots them both. When that happened, my thought process immediately goes, unstable, unproductive in the future. First situation to get out, we're getting out because there's no moving away from this. Even if he's helping me tomorrow, he could be like, hey, you wore a green hat. I don't like green hats. Pop, pop. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. Instability is not like a something you really want. Yeah, turn green beret into green bullets. Uh, But yeah, I totally... (laughs) I totally, I didn't actually have that sequence. I had it where when he pulled out the gun and said, let's kill these guys. I said, are you effing serious? And like had a whole argument and then walked out. Then after I left the building, that's when I heard the two pops. And, you know, Russell turns around and like has the mortified face. But uh, to see that he just pops them in front of you while you're trying to argue about it. Like that is even more like, thank God I got away from this man while I could. Because huh, you he, at that point, he's a liability. You know, like he, he he's not just having someone there isn't worth it if he's also a drain on your mental health. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. I just want to really know what happens to him because we've talked about all five stories. The game or this episode ends with all of the characters or some of the characters coming together on day 400. Um, and actually near the pit stop, uh, it's Russell, Bonnie, Vince, Wyatt, Shell, Becca are at a campsite when they're approached by somebody else. I want to know what happened to Nate because he is not there. Um, but I guess the the thing I want to say is like, um, what what happens here? Unless there's something you want to cover first, Emmett. Uh, I, I just want to talk to what I think happened to Nate because I think Nate's yeah. truck, I think his truck is the same truck that's chasing Wyatt in his episode. Um, I'm not 100% sure because they shoot out his headlight. So it could be something that happens after the whole incident with Russell. It feels like it probably is. Yeah, I'm thinking so because it seems like, all right, yeah, they don't like these guys. They're running away. Something went down. I could definitely see Nate escalating things to where someone would get accidentally shot just because of how he is proven to be in that episode where we see him. So I think that's what happened to Nate. I'd like, because Nate's a piece of 
crap. Uh, I like to think that Nate got popped on accident by the Wyatt's friend who's in the car with them. So I like to think that's his fate, but I, I'm not sure entirely. Nate's not a character I'd like to see. And spoiler alert, you won't see him ever again. <laughs> Uh, let me confirm what you said, Emmett, that that is absolutely the case that yes. during Eddie and Wyatt's piece, it is Nate trying to nice. kill Eddie. But I mean, he said, like, you shot my friend. So, like, now I'm going to try and kill you. Uh, okay. uh, and in the epilogue, uh, what does happen is that they just kind of casually mention a crazy person that Russell's with. So, mm, all right. Who knows? It ha- that one happened before the Russell story. Oh, okay, so the Wyatt okay. story happened before Russell. Um, but you're absolutely 100% right. There we go. Look at me reading skills. Uh, <laughs> reading good. <laughs> Here you're Tavia. She's from a group. And this is kind of the setup for season two where she says, hey, we have a community. We've heard this before. We have a community. We have lots of good stuff. We have food. We have water. We have shelter. Come with us. We need able-bodied persons to help us. So I want to know if you guys took a photo of or of like who ended up going with Tavia and kind of how you felt at the end of this thing. Uh, for me, I had... I, the first time I played this, I felt really bad because only one person went. And I'm pretty sure it's Shell, who's the only person who went to the camp with them. Um, and I felt terrible about that because in my head, this is before season two came out because we played all these at launch back when I was like in high school, I bet. Um, I, I just wanted everyone to be in a happy, nice, safe group. So it seemed like everyone should go, but only one character went. With, I'm not going to say anything about it, but in season two, it's a little different. And so now that I've played everything season two and beyond, coming back to it now, because of my choices, everyone win except for Vince this time around. Mm. And so mm. it's like almost a complete different opposite situation. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost a complete opposite situation. And it feels really different now because if i got that if i got that result back in the day i would have been like oh awesome all these characters are going to be happy and also i would have probably seen more of these characters in season two because i did not see any of them except for bonnie who went last time um and so yeah here it was very much so like man it's bittersweet knowing how season two goes but it's also like nice knowing okay at least most of the group gets to stay together so yeah that's my whole thing with it my group was um, everyone except for um, Russell and Vince decided to go. Mm. So in this case, it was Wyatt, Bonnie, and Shell, and Becca that decided to go. And there are certain conditions that you have to hit. It's literally like a binary of like, for Vince, for example, if you shot Danny's ankle off, um, you go with Davia. If you shot Justin's ankle off, you stay. Mm. A okay. lot of those choices are binary. Bonnie will always go. But everyone else's choices, like you had to do choice A to go. If you did B, you stay. Um, hmm. I do not remember season two. Uh, so maybe I will see it. Maybe I will be excited about these characters and their impact on season two when I play. Um, but I think that I was really happy with this package. Like it was, it was a very fun taste of The Walking Dead. And if you are curious about The Walking Dead and you don't want to play episode one of season one, this is also another option for you. Mm-hmm. I think you have to have season one installed, but you can skip it and play the DLC if you have that too. And I want to say they released like a standalone thing for 400 days. It might have been on PS3 that they released it, which is going to be impractical now. But like, I want it because it's too perfect of a slice of The Walking Dead to not people 
let just let them try it alone. So it should I don't be a know. free demo. I think honestly, yeah, yeah, it, it'd be a perfect free demo. Just something, not even like a PlayStation Plus thing. Just like totally free. Yeah. Let people just try it out. Mm-hmm. I so just with my my choices, I had uh, Wyatt, Bonnie, and uh, Vince. They left with Tavia, and then Russell and Shell stayed at the camp. Uh, for mine, so just a mix. Three, three stayed uh, left and went to the new place, and two stayed back at their outdoor camp to die. Their choice, if, I guess. If I told you, Mo, that we were playing season two on this podcast someday, would you say no, or would you say okay, fine? I would need like several cupcakes and like <laughs> so maybe like a you new need pop a bribe. I don't have yeah. Like so, if if you have like a glow in the dark Goku pop vinyl, I'll take that, and then maybe I'll play. Done, uh, Emmett. Are you gonna go back and and replay, or like you're you're good with The Walking Dead because you've played it so much? I mean, I, I'm good with The Walking Dead because I played it so much. Now that I have the definitive edition installed, I think I'll finally go back and play the Michonne miniseries because that's the only thing I haven't played. But like in the case of you guys, I say if you're tired of the Telltale formula, I say go back play Tale. Have you already played Tales for the Borderlands for the show? Actually, no. Okay, so I say go back because that just came to modern consoles. So that one's really good. And even though it is still a Telltale game, it's like if this is their best, if Walking Dead season one's their best drama, uh, Borderlands is their best comedy. So that one, and then Life is Strange is the same type of game, but it is so subversive in so many interesting and cool ways. It is combining a lot of different genres in one. I think that one would be a lot more entertaining and really shake up the formula that you're probably used to now with Telltale. So I say go back to those if you like this type of game, but just don't want to carry on this series. And my take essentially is like, I'm not, I'm happy that I played season one. I'm satisfied. I've, this one was, I had a good time, but I don't need more. So like that's why season two is like I I don't even know if I really care to play it because I as I play each level I there's I don't know if there's anything I could really get from it because I get it okay we're stuck zombie apocalypse yeah it's but jump scares so that's I don't know maybe I'm just wrapped around the fact that I'm satisfied with it I'm, I don't need more I'll say on two's behalf because everyone loves Walking Dead season one that's like the classic. Two is still very good, but it tells a completely different type of story um, with the different change in protagonists and everything. It's just tackling a lot of different themes. And there's actually, what's the YouTuber? There's a YouTuber named Innuendo Studios, I believe is their name. Uh, They made a really good video about what uh, season two is actually about. And it is something that I don't think anyone's made a game about, like just the theme thematically what it's about. Um, And once again, I don't want to spoil it. Some characters come back, of course, but... It is a very interesting way to portray that theme. And it's totally different than all of the heartwarming good stuff that you had with Lee. But it also is very much so a thing that you would attach to only happening in the before times. But in the zombie apocalypse, you're able to still tell that type of a story. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's interesting. I'm going to say it provides a different thing thematically than the first season, but it is still more Walking Dead, more of those types of decisions, more of that type of atmosphere. You're still going to get that similarly, but... It's worth playing if you want to, but like I said, I would say Life okay. is Strange or Borderlands first. Yeah, uh, the video is called uh, We Don't Talk About Kenny Telltale's Walking Dead Season 2. Um, so if you're curious about that, that is a uh, yeah, that is a video that you're recommending. So I'm there we go. Watch this after the fact. Thank you for looking that up. It is a good one. If you've seen Season 2, of course, spoilers, but yeah, it's a good one. 
Um, any final closing thoughts about The Walking Dead uh, 400 Days before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, well, for me, I think 400 Days is just a really good experience. I think it's uh, it's it's less that it's classic Telltale. It's more that it's like, what is it? Antithetical Telltale? I forget the word for it. Hopefully antithetical? I'm, antithetical, Ant- maybe. Or it's like, when I think of like... Antihistamine. Oh, sorry. Antihistamine. <laughs> One of them. Let's open up the dictionary and read through all the A's. Um, I, I, just, I just want to participate. <laughs> I feel you there. Um, but yeah, I, when I think of Telltale Walking Dead, this type of experience is exactly what I think of. Uh, of course, would it be any, with it being an anthology series, with everything kind of being a little bit more disconnected, you're not getting the heavy weight of some of the really big decisions that you get even in season one, let alone two, three, and four, there's some really heavy decisions that have years of just trauma and history to them. But for this one, it's still good. Uh, like I said, the sequence with Bonnie is still really good. Uh, just the, I really think the concept of the whole Vince chapter where you're on the prison bus, having that much drama in one location is really cool. They do a lot of novel things with the uh, with the Telltale formula and with the Walking Dead formula specifically. And honestly, I think a lot of this stuff went on to, I don't think that Wyatt chapter, without that chapter, I don't think you would have gotten Guardians of the Galaxy from Telltale. Uh, I think uh, it seems like they were playing with a lot of aspects here. Even with uh, Russell's chapter, I feel like a lot of that is speaking to some of the things that happened in Walking Dead season four and three so uh, i think you're seeing them try a lot of things that they would try out better in other games and because of that i think it's a cool just capsulation for not just walking dead but just telltale as a whole and why they're so special or we're so special r.i.p actually no they're back never mind we'll see what they're yeah next but they're not is, the but... same right it's, it's yeah essentially a holdings company that they're contracting people to finish the game so i think mm-hmm. we can say r.i.p telltale and if you haven't watched uh, the no clip documentary about yep. Telltale and what happened. Like, highly recommend that. Great documentary. Um, I have nothing like Emma. You crushed that, so I have nothing to <laughs> add beyond like Mo. We're gonna we're gonna tell Mike that uh, we're either playing uh, Life is Strange or um, Bendy and the Ink Machine, uh, and then Ooh. maybe as a, as a close third, Tales of the Borderlands. But uh, Mike won't listen to this, so we'll just tell him later. <laughs> I will be listening he, to that Life is Strange episode. I'm very excited we'll get, for that. We'll one. get to it. Mo, anything you want to close with? Are you good? I think I'm good. Cool. Well, uh, that is another episode of the Left Behind Game Club in the can. Uh, before we close and talk about our socials and BS, uh, Emmett, I want to say uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, we super, super appreciate having you. Um, if folks want to find your work, uh, where can they do so? Awesome. Well, once again, thank y'all for having me as well. Uh, this was a couple months in the making, so I'm glad we were able to finally do this. I so. honestly think it was like a year in the making, so like, give <laughs> yeah. us less credit than that. <laughs> I was going to give you more credit, but hey, it's fine. We all got lives. It's all good. Um, but yeah, if you want to find me, like I said earlier, EJSponge61 is where you can find me. You can go You can go there on Twitter. That's where I'm at. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you want. Have your kids do dances with me. I don't know. That felt weird to say, but um, <laughs> I was thinking about TikTok and what that ass made for. I'm not even on TikTok that much. Anyway, um, yeah, EJSpun61 is what I do. Uh, I am on Twitch as well, EJSpun61 underscore there. Uh, I've been streaming a lot of Ratchet and Clank, and I want to get through the rest of the Ratchet and Clank series and then just play some more weird games. I really haven't 
been i play all these weird games and i talk about them on twitter all the time but like i want to actually play more of them uh i said right before the show i'm playing prey 2006 from 3d realms so uh i think i might stream the last few hours of that oh, sometime you're playing this week prey 2006 oh yeah not yeah not prey 2016 oh my god no, okay yeah i'm playing that one the one that's on the same engine as duke nukem forever <laughs> yeah yeah wow from human head i think right from yeah human yeah, yeah. Head in 3d realms wow. yeah yeah, that's the type of shooters that I'm into. Well, I like all the uh, big boy stuff too. But you're gonna play Singularity. Uh, you're gonna did. play Binary <laughs> Domain. You're gonna play already Vanquish. Oh, Dead literally. to Rights Retribution. Literally, almost all of those games are in my top 100 games of all time. <laughs> like Singularity. Yeah, and you have a show is, about and, that yeah. too, right? Yeah, keeping it actually. That's a good segue. Uh, keeping it 100 is a podcast that I started last year, where I basically use this sorting machine algorithm to go through my top 100 games of all time and just list them out, try and get them in correct ranking order. Uh, I finally got to the end of that list around June or July last year, and I said, "All right, I'm going to do a big video presentation to finally reveal the rank." And it's been a year now, and I haven't done that yet. But I'm trying to go ahead and get that done. I'm working on it a little bit more now. And hopefully by the end of the year, I should have it ready. But um, I literally have had the script written for several months. Now it's just a question of like, all right, now I actually have to edit the video and record myself a bunch. It's a lot of extra work. And like I said right before we started recording, half my room doesn't have a ceiling technically. So uh, it's it's a lot of things I got to get done. But if you want to catch up, feel free to go back and listen to those episodes in the VGU.TV podcast feed. It's a good show nonetheless. And it's a solo project with me just talking so if you like the voice check that out cool well hey uh if you ever want to talk about uh bad ish games from the mid 2000s like <laughs> this is a, a podcast for that so again thank you yeah. for coming on uh it was a long time in the making we appreciate you we appreciate your time we appreciate your content um so thank you thank you thank you once uh, again appreciate it you can find all things Left Behind Game Club on our website at leftbehindgame.club. You can find us on Twitter at Left Behind Club and on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club. But the best place to interact with the Left Behind Game Club community is on our Discord. You can find the link to that on our website, again, at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord or, you know, in the notes for this podcast. If you scroll right to the bottom, they're they're right on there. Uh, so it's, it's a good place. Cool people talking about good deals, cool video games and other stuff, too. Uh, Mo, where can you be found on the internet? You can find me almost everywhere on, at Emmertati. I'm mostly in that Discord server as well, just creeping and lurking, trying to find all these deals that everyone recommends, even <laughs> though my wallet is super angry. Um, but like yeah, that. that's pretty much where you can find me. Jacob, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. Today I bought Jacob uh, Jacob.business as a website domain because I, <laughs> I hate saw money. that. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm a big idiot. I bought jacobmccord.ca as well just because I like to spend money. I'm not smart with my money, let's be real. Uh, <laughs> I host another podcast called Cutscenes. It is a video game movie podcast. By this time, we should either be putting out the third season or it should be real close. So follow the, us on uh, on everything at cutscenes underscore pod uh, or on our website at cutscenes.ca. Truly, I just hate my free time. I also do video game trivia on my Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jacob McCourt. Um, you can find me at all those places. Mo, Mike is not here, so why don't you please wrap up the show for us? <clears throat> Shout out Michael Ruffalo. And that, my friends, is one less episode left behind.
<laughs> the song is all part of it. That will all be in the show. Yeah, always. Sometimes I keep it in. I put it at the end. But uh, that is... We did it. We did a show. Hey, I'm Jacob McCord. I'm Katie Lesbrance. And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game, movies, and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See you soon. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast.